We're going to start with a nice word on Pasha's boy. He talks about that which is brought in the Kadmoinim, that the ten Makkas, that Hashem sent the Mitzrayim, had a kesha with the Asura Mamuras Nivruwaino. Hashem made this world with ten Mamuras. And the last three Makkas have a connection with the first three of the Mamuras. So Makkas Choyshech, he says, that the Irish made Choyshech Mitzrayim, has to do with what we find in Pash Baraishis, there was a Choyshech of Naisa Hoim, and then the Irish made Vayi Or. And we find over here as well, Later there was Makas Bechoyres, which was as Galas Hashchina. And the point is that Hashem made the world in the beginning of Yetzir, Oyer Voyre Choyshech. There's a lot of Choyshech in this world. And the Yid is the one that's supposed to be finding the Oyer in the Choyshech. This is not just the Mitzrayim, this is not just with the Mitzrayim. There's a constant Choyshech. And this Choyshech comes from the, from the Gava that a person has when someone... Is, is too full of himself, that causes a lot of choyshech, he doesn't see things the way he should. And the elecha person is the one who knows, hey, this is a choyshech, Hashem wants me to find the oir in this choyshech. So yoytzer oir uvoir choyshech is an ongoing thing. Now in Mitzrayim, the clip of Mitzrayim was stuck with the choyshech, the Yidin were not stuck with that choyshech, and this is something that at all stages in life we're supposed to be able to overcome the choyshech and the Hester Punim, and all the mistakes and all the confusion um, that, that comes from when a person is too full of himself and it blocks him from seeing things the way they are. Now, it's much easier to see someone else's choyshech. It's much easier to see where someone else is fooling himself and full of himself and only sees himself and can't see past his nose, as we call it, and you know, all the different things that we see other people that are stuck in their own choyshech and be able to see their or. And that's essentially what happened in Mitzrayim, right? The Mitzrayim were in the choyshech and the Eden on the outside had the or. They saw where the Mitzrayim was stuck. What we're supposed to learn from it, however, is, is not to be able to see the other person's choyshech being aware of someone else's uh, shortcomings, someone else's mistakes, and someone else's distorted per- per- perception is, is not a big trick. Of course, it's a trick maybe to help that person see the lechtekite, but it's not such a big trick you know, to be able to see where someone else is fooling himself. To see it in ourselves and be self-aware, that's a much bigger tachlis. Now, of course, when we have good friends, we can try to help each other out of our, out of our darkness and out of our confusion, but it's something to remember that we all have a certain amount of choyshev that we're supposed to be able to overcome and, and see the oil and see Hashem, and see the way Hashem wants us to see things, and be able to be honest with ourselves. I'm just going to read a letter. Hi, I just got your book, this Yom Tiv, and I'm enjoying, it, I'm enjoying it immensely. Great insights in the people around me. Okay, so now my question. I have a friend that is divorced for a couple of years. I identified the UV character traits in her. She comes across as very, very sensitive. She talks to me a lot and is very stuck in her situation. She is currently in therapy. She's finding all kinds of excuses not to continue in life, basically previous trauma, and she has very high or impossible standards for a shidduch. She doesn't have the best relationships, best relationship with her parents, although she lives close by to them. She doesn't want to trust them with shidduchim. As a friend, how do I react when she talks to me about all this? How can I encourage her to date and to move on in life? Your advice would be greatly appreciated. Thank you. Okay, very good question seeing a friend in Choyshech, as we said, and, and noticing where that friend maybe is making mistakes, how do I help her? Before I go on, I always like just explaining how this question is really so relevant to so many people. Um, this could be a spouse, this could be a child, this could be um, a sibling who's in a matzav of Choyshech, fooling themselves, being stuck in their lives, and people want to help them through it. So often people ask me, what do I do? My, my wife is so stuck, she she's, has her own version of what's going on, and she's you know, sitting in this negativity and can't move on in life, etc., can't get out of a problem. This is something that's so relevant, so relevant for so many people. How do I get someone 
to see what's really going on. How do I listen to them vent and quetch and, and be there for them, but then help them open their eyes and see things the way it is? You know, so this is definitely a, a big question. And the truth is that not everyone has what it takes. Barely the therapists, barely, barely the professionals have what it takes to be able to open someone's eyes and see things the way it is and not the way they're experiencing, they're experiencing something emotionally. Bechlal, some people, when they ask this question, how do I help my friend or how do I help my spouse for that matter, what they really want to do is they want to change someone. How do I make my friend not so sensitive? How do I make my friend who, for whatever reason, seems emotionally, uh, let's call it unhealthy, how do I help this person become healthy? Sometimes we give ourselves too big of a goal and, and that's exactly why we can't find a way to do it. Not always can you do that. In other words, if you're trying to change someone in a general change or, or, or a inherent change, you, you might already be up for failure because what you're trying to do is not even so feasible. So the smaller your goal and the more practical and technical your goal, uh, you know, the quicker you might be able to get there. But if you have a more general goal and a very vague goal that's, that's, that's too uh, impossible, it's, it's really a reason to assume that you might not uh, be able to accomplish anything. Another, another point, you know, before even trying to get some ideas about how to do this, is that we really shouldn't judge. Obviously, we're not supposed to judge anyone. It's true that when you see someone else that's stuck, um, saying that they can't, for whatever reason, they feel that they're right about something and they can't move on about something, on the one hand, could and can't is a very relative term. What do you mean you can't? Of course you could. You don't want to, right? And it's true. It's true. When someone says they can't, does it really mean they can't? What does can't mean? It's a relative term. You can't based on what you decided. You can't based on what you think about this, about how you feel, etc. But, but if you want to, you could, right? It's important to remember, before getting someone to try to see things differently, that can't is relative. And in their mind, they can't. I'm not justifying that they can't. And I don't agree that they can't. But I do have to remember that they feel that they can't. It's not that they're trying to make up a story saying they can't and really they could and they know they could and they feel they could and for whatever reason they don't want to. Sometimes people in challenged situations really feel that they can't. And they have their own understanding, their own version of what's happening. And it's very hard for them to overcome this feeling of not being able to. So just being understanding about it um, already you know, sometimes calms you down and saying, okay, if that person feels they can't, then maybe they can't. Not because they're not capable, but that's how they feel. And when you see them in that light and you don't judge them for it and, you don't, and you're not upset at them, like, why, why they make them believe they can't if really they could? You know, you're more understanding. It already helps both you and them you know, just to make things work and to communicate in a healthy way you know, without judging, without making people feel bad uh, about the, the challenges they have. And we shouldn't judge because Hashem gives everyone their own challenges and everyone has their own feelings of this I can't do. And of course, other people around us will always see how we could be doing more or better in any given area. Now, if you have a friend who's very stuck in life, and she talks to you a lot, like you, like you say, uh, the first thing you want to know how to do, and the first thing you want to do, is to listen. And very few people know how to really listen. Very few people know how to really listen. Listen means to be there, or to listen with an open ear, always in Keshavas. And listen means to show the person that you're actually listening and interested. And listening means just listen. So many people who want to listen end up going to the next step of telling the person how right they are and, and instigating and provoking in order to make them feel like, wow, I really got you and you're so right and, and you should be doing even more of this and, and everyone else is crazy. They think that's part of listening. That's not what listening means. Listening means when you really hear someone. So of course, if you're going to make the mistake that other people make of not even hearing what someone's saying, and yeah, yeah, okay, and barely picking up the phone to someone, that's obviously also not called listening. You, you might not have to. You might be busy with your own family. You might have enough to do. But if you want to listen, it's important to show that you're listening and to just listen. 
It's interesting that sometimes when you really listen to someone, you'll see that's all they needed. They didn't need more than that. The listening is therapeutic, right? Chazal teaches that. And sometimes if you just listen, they have what they need from you. Going to step two to try to win them over by making them feel like you really got them and you're going to tell them how right they are, you could be doing damage because that's not what they needed. And when they hear it from you, they go ahead and, and, and build on all that negativity and they get pushed in the wrong direction. And unfortunately, like I said, that, that's what some therapists do and that's what other people do. They, they provoke and they, you know, to win over a client or to win over someone. It's all subconscious. Nobody means anything bad. I don't think anyone means anything bad. Sometimes we feel like we owe it to the person to show them how right we think they are and we don't know how to just listen. Now, what happens is when you, when you just listen and a person feels good that you're listening, that already could have calmed them down, first of all. But also, they, they, you earn a certain trust. When you really know how to listen to someone and show them that you care, and you care enough to listen, and you care enough you know, to be there for them, what happens is they, they trust you. You might become slowly in the position of being able to give an opinion. So like I said, some people, some people jeopardize that opportunity either by buying into their story too deep that you can't anymore give an opposite opinion because you already told them how right they are, or they challenge them too quickly and they don't want to hear your opinion because you didn't even listen to me, you don't understand me. Just, just last week I was talking to a guy who tells me about how many people um, told him that he's wrong without even listening to him. Now, I'm sure those people did listen to him. He, otherwise, he wouldn't consider them people who told him he's wrong. Right? He's talking to people that he spoke to. But he didn't feel that they listened to him. So it's very important to know how to, how to really listen and uh, in general, you know, part of listening obviously has to do with, with, with validating. It has to do with understanding. But it doesn't have to do with telling someone how right they are. So it's a very, it's a very fine line where people feel like you know, to just listen, I have, to, I have to tell the person they're right. They don't have to be right. They have to know that you understood them and you cared for them and that you're not judging them. Those are all important messages, but it's all part of listening. It's not part of giving advice yet. Now, if you want to give advice, you want to help someone see things better, it, first of all, it takes time to build trust. Don't do it the first time someone's talking to you. Don't do it right away. Don't do it, don't do it, don't do it while they're still talking. Don't do it while they're still complaining about something. You know, so it's just important to remember you have to be patient, you have to know how to listen, and you have to, be, you know, you know, you know, you have to know how to slowly become the person who could give and is trusted to give some kind of feedback. Now, because you're someone who wants to help your friend and influence your friend, and sometimes the motive becomes, okay, where will I get my opinion in, and where will I get the clarity in, and where will I be able to explain things the way they are, we often overlook the, not just the importance, but the, the, the amount of influence you could have by just not really agreeing with someone. It might not be picked up on consciously, but sometimes when somebody you know, gives this whole uh, heated argument about something and this whole venting about something, and you say, wow, I hear you, Sometimes that's enough to let that person subconsciously realize, oh, so you don't necessarily agree with me. Now, you're not doing this in a challenging way, and if they ask you do you or don't you, you say, listen, I, I understand. But sometimes just listening and not provoking or not saying I agree with you, you know, it, it takes away something about, of a person's confidence, and you already accomplished a lot. Sometimes you, 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 you put in those seeds of doubt in that person's mind, wow, I thought for sure you're going to tell me how right I am and what a pity I am and how wrong everyone is. I see I'm not getting it. And you're not doing that in a challenging way, but not agreeing with someone is already doing a lot if it's done in a healthy way and not in a challenging way. So sometimes you wait for someone, sometimes you want to just tell the person how wrong they are, but even just not saying how right they are, aside from not causing more damage, like we said before, sometimes that alone is a big help. It's a big help to see that a friend who does care and a friend who does listen and a friend who is giving time and a friend who, who is patient 
is not buying in and not pushing this further. And that's also something that's, that's often very helpful. Another thing is that it's much easier to answer a question than to just give an opinion. When somebody tells you what a hard day they had and you start giving opinions and advice before they asked for it, right, unsolicited advice, that alone is challenging. And sometimes people get very, uh, they take it personal and they get all worked up about it. Like, no, you don't understand. When somebody asks you a question, a clear question, so what do you think I should do? Or, you know, did I do the right thing? That's where you have a much bigger opportunity and that's where you're much more credible to give your opinion. Now, even when you are giving an opinion, even when you are asked an opinion, you have to make sure that you're doing it in a very, very non-challenging way. Right? There's no reason to argue. There's no reason to tell them they were wrong. You're giving an opinion. I feel like this and this. When they tell you why your opinion is wrong, and they tell you why you must not understand, or they tell you why uh, they feel very differently, it's okay. Sometimes people think that if they don't prove themselves, and they don't debate it, and they don't get the other person to say, oh, wow, you're right, then, then their opinion didn't count. So they go further, and that's where it turns into something personal, becomes an argument, and people get hurt by it. When somebody tells you, I'm not going to my parents' Hanukkah party, and, and they don't want me there, they don't need me there, uh, yeah, what do you think? And you say, I feel it's probably still the right thing to go. What do you mean go? You know what happened last year? You know what this? You know what they told me? You know what they put in the sukkahs in the choir? It's okay. You already said yours. You don't have to now prove your point. You don't have to feel stupid that somebody didn't take it. The very fact that you're not arguing deeper, you're not saying oh, you're right, is already good. They asked you a question, you gave your answer, that's how you have an influence on someone's way of thinking. It doesn't happen overnight, but as long as you're a trusted friend and you proved yourself to be someone who cared, your opinion and your feedback may do a lot. There's another point over here you know, of, not, of not challenging, is to actually clarify. I can't judge, I haven't been in your situation, I'm not in your situation, there's no way to know if I do any better than you do, than, than you're doing now, I, I think I might have done it differently, and I think that I probably would have gone, or I would have asked someone what to do, and, and do it even if I don't see it that way, but I don't know for sure. Now again, if they start saying, yeah, you talk, I don't know, whatever, it's okay. Don't get pulled in, don't get sucked into explaining it, and proving it, and, and getting the other person to agree with you. You said yours, and you said it with confidence, and you were clear that you're not judging, and, and, and there's nothing personal, and that that person may be right, and there's no way to know. Very often, that's all you could do, and slowly, very subconsciously, you'll see, it might, it might be two days later when that person says, you know what, I decided to go. They might not even um, have the confidence or the honesty uh, to tell you, I'm going because you told me that I should go. But you'll see how those comments that you throw in here and there, in the right times, in the right place, by the time you earn the right and the trust to say something, they accomplish a lot. They really do accomplish a lot. Now, in general, if you see someone struggling, either like your friend with her parents or with a shatran or with whoever, one of the ways... Aaron way of doing things is to bring back good regards. It's so interesting, somebody told me that they met your parents and they spoke so highly of you. Somebody told me that the Shatran, you bring back good regards slowly, very, very subtly, uh, very cleverly and creatively. You know, sometimes you could promote the peace and the shalom between people in a very roundabout way. And if you're looking to do that, you might come up with ways to help people feel better about themselves and feel better about how other people feel about them instead of getting them to see the good in their parents, for example. Um, let them feel that the parents see the good in them. And very often, that's, that's something that accomplishes a lot. It's, it's, a, it's a story of its own, you know, how to bring back good regards and how to build relationships and help people get along with each other. But very often, instead of getting the person you're talking to, who's never so full of pain and negativity, you know, to see, to see the good in others, making them feel like others see good in them is often very helpful. Again, I, I, I hate talking about this so often, but only because you mentioned that she's in therapy and she's stuck in her situation and all that. I don't know if her therapist is helping her or not. 
it's sad to see people that are unfortunately, let's call it emotionally unhealthy, um, you know, whatever, people really need help, and sometimes go for therapy, either because the therapist is not qualified enough to see things the way they are and really get what's happening, or even when they do see it, but they realize that they can't challenge this person because the person won't take it. So if this person's full of negativity and I can't tell her, hello, there's something wrong with you, so what's my other choice? To validate and tell her, yes, all the people around you must be crazy. It must be bad. By the time somebody's instigating like that, and by the time somebody's confirming the version of the story that the client is sharing, they're doing such an avla and so much damage, it's mamish sad. I'm not going to go into the whole subject of parent alienation that has gotten a lot of awareness lately. Our therapists tell people that your parents are hurting you, you don't have to talk to them, or whatever, a crazy, uh, a crazy damage of its own. My point is just that by the time somebody has a therapist who's quote-unquote a professional that's telling them how bad the people around them are, there's almost no way to get by that. I've seen so many, so many shown bias situations that go down because one spouse is talking to a therapist who confirmed that the other spouse, who they never even met, maybe, um, has some kind of personality disorder, and there's no way that you could ever have a, a healthy relationship with that person. And if that person ever does you a favor, it's because narcissists do favors because they want something for it. And even if he doesn't ask you for anything, it's because subconsciously, you know, gag, 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 these stories that people are, are sold, by that time, there's nothing to do. There's nothing the other person could do anymore to win you over because the therapist already told you that when he compliments you, he doesn't mean it. And when he doesn't be nice to you, he doesn't mean it. And when he asks you nicely for something, it's because he's self-centered. And when he tells you to please not um, purchase something that they can't afford, it's because he's a controller. It's terrible. It's terrible what a therapist can do to someone when, they, when they're buying into or promoting a story. You know, forget about if it's not, if, that it's not true, even if it is true. So this is just something that it's very sad to see it and watch it. You know, how not only is it not helpful, but it's actually causing a lot of damage. But in any case, back to the question, you want to help your friend, and it's nice that you want to help her, and you have to be patient, you have to know how to help, you have to know how to not cause damage, and you have to proceed with caution. It's not always simple. Unfortunately, some people are very hard to help. Some people are very hard to you know, see things the way they are and deal with the feelings and the awareness of reality, especially when it's a mental health issue or whatever else. And you want to get guidance. There's only so much that I can answer in a shear, especially after you waited a few months for it. But you might want to have somebody guiding you, not day by day or week by week, but just someone on the side who you could ask your questions about how to say or how to give feedback or how to deal with a situation when trying to help a friend like that. You know, so just to summarize, um, yeah, really listening to someone is already doing so much for them and it puts you into a position of being trusted to give an opinion. The opinion you should give when you're asked for it, but even until then, you know, just not agreeing and provoking and instigating is already a big influence. And when you do give an opinion and you're asked for it, you have to know how to say it in a way that nobody feels challenged by it or judged by it. And, and, and working to help people get along with each other, and looking for creative ways to, for people to feel good about themselves, this is a very strong way to get people out of their choyshech. Like we said, overcoming your own choyshech, that's the huge avoida and something we should all try to do. But if you at least have a certain amount of oil, a certain amount of uh, understanding and insight into somebody else's choyshech, and you could, in a healthy way, try to help them see things the way they are, very gently, and get them out of it, it's a very big schus, you're helping people get along. And with Hashem's help, we should all get out of our own choyshech, be able to see past our own uh, confusions and our own blockages, and live together.